As Nigeria races against the clock to find the best method in containing the spread of the coronavirus infection, it must also forestall a potential rise in food insecurity during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. Like many other countries, Nigeria is ramping up efforts to keep agriculture safely running as an essential business so it does not run out of food. How is the coronavirus pandemic affecting Nigeria's food systems? What could be done to keep the food value chain alive? Hello and welcome to NOW, a podcast which examines the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on all aspects of our lives. I am Juliet Obata. Livestock farmer Oluwole Akpejoye laments the difficulty of running a pig farm during this COVID-19 pandemic. I make sales of about between four and 600,000 every month. But right now, I've not made sales for over two months. Chief Operating Officer of Crop to Cash, MMSN, explains how we can avoid the looming food crisis. If the government do not see to things themselves, we might be having a pending or a looming food crisis in the nearest month. Founder of Celebration, Yeni Kuti, cannot wait for life to get back to how it was. The Ajebotas and the people say, this is the new normal. It's not normal. So don't call it normal. It's the new abnormal. Don't, nobody should please call it the new normal. This is not normal. So much anxiety has been caused by disruptions in domestic food supply chains and other factors affecting food production. Loss of incomes and the fear of a looming food crisis. Farmers in other areas of agriculture like fish farming, poultry, pigry are finding it difficult to make ends meet. A pig farmer, Oluwole Akpejoye, who makes over 600,000 naira monthly before the outbreak from selling pigs, says the business has moved from being lucrative to being unprofitable. Most of our feed come from the north. What the uh, transporters always say is that they spend so much on the road coming because they have to pay so many security that there are over 200 security and checkpoints. And at every point that they have to pass with something before they are allowed to move freely. And that because of that now, they pass on the, um, the deals to we, the end users, who are the farmers that buy from them. So it has affected the cost of, of our feeding. So how has business been for you this period? Yes, our patronage has really reduced drastically because like most of us, our large buyers come from the Niger Delta area and they are always complaining of high cost of transportation back to their base in the Wari, Satele and Co. Either to maybe with 80,000, 90,000, but now it has jumped to almost about 160,000 to transport um, animals from Lagos to that area. And because of the fact that they might not be able to pass on that bill again to buyers or to the bushers, then it has not been very, very exciting. So they've not really been coming as... Um, so what we've just been doing now is that, yes, we have been breathing. We cannot really sell. Did you get any COVID-19 intervention fund for your farm? Well, the government promised to give us some financial assistance by way of um, soft loan. For someone like me, I've applied for the COVID intervention fund for farmers. I've applied since March ending. Up to now, I'm yet to get a response. So we have to source for money to keep the animals um, going because if you don't feed them, they will start attacking themselves. And by the time you know, you're going to have a high cost of mortality. 
it has really affected my social life, even though there is no social life for now, it has affected my finance, my spending. I cannot meet some obligations, but then I have to keep going. Samson Agbole is a soilless farmer in Edo State. In a chat with Bumi Yekini, he says rural farmers are experiencing great loss at this time as they accuse middlemen of exploiting them. So those middlemen are buying up their things very cheap and still going to the market to sell expensive. For the local rural farmer, that is a big issue. Then for the moderately peri-urban farmers, for them, their issue right now is their cost of production is growing astronomically because the laborers are not available. So the very few laborers that were available, even if you are able to cajole them not to charge so much, they cannot do so much. So a whole lot of work is left undone, which is a big issue, which is a big issue. Even for those that have mechanized farming, it is costing a lot more. A lot more in the sense that so now you have some farmers trying to rent uh, cheap accommodations, which was not in their earlier budget for the farm um, hands. When I talk about farmers and those that will drive the tractors and all of them so they can stay around and work. So in terms of Naira and Kobo, the farmers are spending a lot and losing a lot at the same time. How does it work for you as a soilless farmer? I grow based on specific demands. So people need to say, okay, we want A or B or C. But right now, uh, most of the people that I grow for are not in business. So I cannot grow for anybody. So that, on one hand, is a big issue. The second part, I also set up farms for people. That is obviously not happening right now. So the only part here we are getting our incomes are training. Uh, the good thing for us is before now, we already had online platforms for training. So just that now, we are doubling down on it to ensure we can reach more people and still stay afloat as a company. So what's the biggest demand in the agricultural sector and why? Uh, the biggest demand uh, under the agricultural sector is usually premium vegetables, tomatoes and pepper. Now the reason why these ones are the biggest demand is because for chairs, restaurants and their likes, these are high, um, consumables that they have to depend on almost every day and they have to ensure a regular supply, and they also want to ensure they can get this regular supply at the same price all year round. With soilless farming, we are able to produce all year round at the same price. And of course, they are fresh because they are just coming off the market, and the quality control is top-notch. Now let's talk about funding for agricultural businesses. How easy is it to access funds? I think right now, NYSA Microfinance Bank is doing a lot to try to help farmers to access funds. I think for any farmer who has proper record and all of that, they can actually access funds. It's quite easy now. All they need to do is apply. They can actually even walk into a NYSA Microfinance Bank who will link them to an EGI that the EGI can guide them even if they are not educated on how to apply for the loan. So they just apply online. After the application, they have one week training, after which the EDI helps them in help, uh, getting their business um, plan ready. They submit, and in less than a week or two, once the bank is able to come to um, verify whatever information they would have provided, they get their fund. Data from Nigeria's Ministry of Agriculture shows that Nigeria spent $22 billion importing food alone in 2018. 
the closure of Nigeria's borders in 2019 saw a rise in the production of local rice. The volume of rice produced locally soared to 8 million metric tons, and the government's aim was to achieve 18 million tons by 2023. How possible is this with the COVID-19 pandemic? Local rice farmer based in Zaria, Dari Seidu, tells me of his challenges. We are under uh, rainy season now, but one of the other is affecting because farmers, they didn't go market and get fertilizer or chemicals. They are stay at home. Just uh, by this, we can say affecting our farmers because the market is already under lockdown. So no way to go uh, market and get fertilizer and chemical and so on. So that's why we can see it's affecting us in the actual But a groundnut farmer in Niger State, Timothy Jai, says the pandemic has not affected his business in any way. So this COVID-19 will not affect us like that. My major customer is from village again because it's a duty farm. My dad distributes my... And then they come buy the food for my hand. The fertilizer and the chemical again. We need the chemical. So that we support the farm. Our is not strong. Reports show that some states in the north have seen a 30% rise in the prices of food stuff. But the Bauchi state government has stepped up to the plate by cutting down prices of staple food to ensure that there is a price control. But a financial analyst, Mukhtar Mohammed, says this policy can be problematic. If the government is subsidizing agriculture for them, then you can say, okay, they are being involved in the price control is nice. But if government is not doing anything for them and is not trying to control the price, then we are not practicing capitalism. We are passing uh, price control. And it's very difficult for you to practice price control and then expect that particular sector to grow. You can just look back and look at our petroleum sector, study downstream where we refuse to deregulate it and we are busy paying subsidy. At the end of the day, it's not doing well for the economy. So if you are doing agriculture and government is not subsidizing it themselves, and again, trying to control the price on farmers, then it's not fair. It's not giving room for free trade. As um, Nigeria is a member of the free trade treaty, so I don't think it's right. What is the story in the Southwest? My name is Nike Hakisoya. I'm a food seller in Lion Building. Before, we used to buy rice 15,016, but now it's up to 27 for the foreign rice. But the local rice is 20, 22. Tomato, before, we used to buy baskets, maybe three, five, but now it's almost 10,000 plus. My name is Yetunde Adeni. I'm an Indomie seller. Before, we used to buy in a carton of Indomie, 1,500. But now, it's 
2002, 2003. We used to buy egg, 700 naira. But now it's 1,000, now. My name is Bola. I'm food seller. Before coronavirus come out, we used to buy rice, 17,000 per bag. Now we are buying the rice, 25,000 per bag. Basket of tomato is 8,000. Now it's 18,000. Everything, both plantain, everything now is very costly. I'm Sarah Oyebambi. I'm a food seller. I'm selling Elubo, Amala, Eba, and Semo. Before, like if you want to buy Amala, white Elubo is 250. Now, 700. Black, now is one, two. Even though we sell it, at the end of the day, we won't see our own savings. So we don't know what to do anymore. Experts in the sector say agriculture contributes 26% to the nation's GDP, but receives only 4% of credit provided by banks. In 2015, the Central Bank of Nigeria initiated an anchor borrowers program as an intervention program for a sustainable economic growth. How did local farmers access these loans and interventions before the COVID-19 pandemic? And how are smallholder farmers coping during this pandemic? MMSN is the Chief Operating Officer of Cash to Crop, an organization that provides digital financial services to more than 35,000 farmers in the north. He tells me how COVID-19 is affecting the 2020 farming season. This current planting season, even though the federal government has mandated every stakeholder, especially the security agencies, to allow farmers and farm produce to have free access, free movement from point of production to wherever they will be needed, which is the market, from farms to table. With the situation in the country, some of within receiving a um, report that some farmers have been harassed by security agencies. So it has really disrupted the um, supply chain. And since agriculture is a business, it has an entire value chain from production to input supply to transportation to processing, down even to packaging and before delivery to wherever it is needed. This has disrupted so many activities along the value chain. For instance, supply of um, input to farmers at production point have really been disrupted because we, we import some of this input and this has affected the prices after the farmers are getting it. Then also on the farms, we've been hearing situational reports where farmers are complaining that they produce but they cannot supply. So if, if the government do not see to change themselves. We might be having a pending or a looming food crisis in the nearest month, maybe in the next three or four months, if we do not really address it. Tell me about um, those 35,000 farmers that you work with remotely right now because of the pandemic. How are you helping them at this period? We've been able to work with them with the new um, situation on ground in which we have to just look for a way to be able to communicate with them remotely. And we've been doing it through our stakeholders. And some of the stakeholders include the extension agents working for our strategic partners. So we've been working to send SMS to these farmers. And we've been doing that in their own local languages so that they are going to know when to plant, the right time to plant, sending them um, weather situation report and also we've been sending some health tips to them. Then in addition to this, we've been able to develop some technological tools 
for us to be able to communicate with our farmers. One of such is an application which we've given to our farmers. It's called, to our extension agents rather, it's called the Gather app. With this app, we can be able to monitor farms remotely. From there, we'll be able to facilitate some other services to them, such as financial services, in which they can do that through their phones, their USSD phones. Okay, can you give us like figures to illustrate what is happening in the agricultural sector now and um, pre-COVID? The current situation of agriculture in the country as a whole, we have to look at it from historic um, information. Let me just say in the past two or three years, then currently what we have on ground. So I will try to like equate it and I'll give um, an example using the commodity. For instance, when the present administration of Mamadou Buhari came into power in 2015, they mentioned that they want to focus now on agriculture. They have, they have, they've been trying to diversify the economy away from oil-based economy into other related sectors. And one of those sectors in which they've given much attention to is the agricultural sector. And one way in which they've been doing this is to come up with different programs and schemes. And one of such is the Anchor Borrower Program. Then they also created a arm in the CBN, the Central Bank of Nigeria, known as the NISA. They, are, they have a microfinance arm in which they use, and through this arm, through this financial institution, they can be able to give out a very low interest rate and loans to farmers and also those working along the smallholder groups. So through this initiative, they've been investing a lot in the agricultural sector, in our local production, which has moved from 3.5 million metric ton to about 5 million metric ton. So I would say this is a win, and this has really improved. So if, it, if you're able to sustain the momentum, I think we can attain full self-sufficiency in rice production and might even be exporting it full foreign rice through our land borders. That's why the federal government said, if you want to actually do business, do it the legitimate way by importing through our seaport. And there have been mixed reactions, but on my own side, I would say um, I will fairly give it a 60% success rate. Why? Which we can okay, this is the situation. Um, through the Anchor Borrower Scheme, we've been able to engage more people in farming, we've made farming more attractive by clustering farmers, a um, group of farmers into this thing into cooperatives so that they'll be able to access land provided by the state government themselves. And in the end, directly they will be linked to off-takers. These off-takers are agro-processors that need local commodity. And they're also assured of a market in which they will get fair prices whenever they produce whatever they sold. But we had some situation where some farmers are finding a way to kind of beat the system through sharp practices by not fulfilling their own end of the bargain, which means they need to also retain whatever loan they What is your projection for how things will turn out after COVID-19 pandemic? And the climatic production of basic food items. With the situation in which we already find ourselves, so many people are losing their jobs, and people are already looking for alternatives, and one of such is going into farming. Even though some school of thought out the opinion that 
since my reading looked bad, I also believe that some people will also enter into the business and this will strike things out. So post-COVID-19, we won't really lose much. We will still really have food to feed ourselves, but we have to also build on these gains and this momentum. The World Bank estimates that about 265 million people could face acute food insecurity by the end of 2020, an increase from 135 million people predicted before the crisis. I'm bringing it home. More than 82 million Nigerians live on less than $1 a day, according to the National Bureau of Statistics. This data was released before the COVID-19 pandemic. What happens to this figure when the pandemic is over? Agri-policy expert working with One.org and advocacy organization Razak Fatai tells Bumi Yekini that the pandemic may likely make a bad situation worse. Even before the crisis, seeing that uh, Nigeria is not doing so well with regards to food security metrics, we've seen that you know last year we have over 20 million people who are undernourished in the country, and quite a number of people do not have regular access to food, particularly due to low income and because, you know, as we've seen that a lot of people are also in, living in extreme poverty, which you all know. So all of these existing factors already made our food security situation very bad. The federal government of Nigeria started off with a good plan of closing the borders to boost local production. Is Nigeria going to roll back on all the gains now? For now, I think there's a really lack of coordination in terms of who are the farmers that are in the country, where are they producing, their form of regional clusters and what they produce, regional focus to agricultural production to ensure that, you know, food are produced in five numbers that could even be very helpful for the development of, you know, the food processing sector and, and the life. Farmers say it is um, planting season for them, but they can't go to yeah. the farm for obvious reasons. What can be done to mitigate any looming food crisis? Uh, the solution is very simple. Allow people in the food value chain to go to farm. Not just go to farm, allow them to move freely. Like, there shouldn't be any form of disruption to when they are able to sell food or where they are able to move their food. We are in a very delicate time, so it could be seen more people who are supposed to, you know, support farmers on the farm, you know, like, all the seasonal workers I help them with the farm. The number of them might not want to go to farm because because of the sale contacting the virus. These people need a lot of support. You know, like they need government to, to come around to to not just come up with mouth driven policies, but you know, concrete policies that would ensure that these farmers are engaged constantly to know the challenges they face. And what that means is that the extension services in this country, we probably need to step up that to ensure uh, they are reaching a number of farmers just to know the challenges they are facing at this time. As much as you know, there are generic solutions to this problem, we must also ensure that we uh, address the problem based on you know specific context, like the challenges that farmers in Oyo State are facing will be quite different from the ones in Abuja, uh, the ones in Abuja will be facing. And for Nigeria, we could be looking at about 5 to 10 additional million people falling into extreme poverty this year. Although the country released some numbers, you know, saying that we now have 82 million people living in poverty. But if we look at that number, we are talking about 82 million people who live below a dollar a day. 
which is not the benchmark for extreme poverty. The benchmark for extreme poverty is 1.9 dollar a day, which looks more like a reasonable number to really gauge a number that a normal human being should be for. So now, if you now adjust the poverty figures so that you see that we have quite a number of people who are living in extreme poverty, and with COVID-19 coming in, that could get really worse. It could get really worse. To be seen maybe about five million people losing their jobs, even for people who rely on their families abroad, you know, for money to, to sustain their livelihood, it could be seen that a lot of them might not be getting as much as they've been getting in the past. So the World Bank uh, predicted that about uh, remittances will decline by about 20%, and that means that for households that have to depend on even families abroad, they might not be getting so much at this time. So that would put additional pressure on people and that means you see more people eat less and beyond even eating less you see people even substituting food for less nutritious food the world bank had forecasted that uh it could be seen about seven percent decline in agricultural production activity and in fact uh the international food policy research Institute has shown that even in the six weeks lockdown that happened in nigeria we saw that uh, economic activity actually reduced by about 38%, and even agricultural production activity also reduced drastically. Yeni Anikula Kokuti is the eldest child of Afrobeat music legend Fela Kuti. She's also the founder of Celebration, officially rated as one of the top 10 music festivals in the world. She tells Abdul Okwechime that the possibility of the big event holding this year is slim. We're not sure how it will affect celebration, but we're hoping it will be over. And if it's not over, we're working towards something and we're holding it close to our chest okay. for now. When it's time to be revealed, we shall reveal it. We're still in the um, meeting mood. We're meeting and talking about it and bouncing ideas of each other. What do you see about the future? Do you think when this pandemic is gone, life will be back to normal? Me, I pray that life will go back to normal. The reason why I pray that life will go back to normal is because I don't know what kind of life we will live in Nigeria if it doesn't go back to normal. Because of the elites and the Ajebotas and the people say, this is the new normal. It's not normal. So don't call it normal. It's the new abnormal. Don't, nobody should please call it the new normal. This is not normal. I meet my friend. I can't hug my friend. I can't shake my friend. I can't sit down in a restaurant and eat. It's not normal. This is the new abnormal. Because when, when I talk about it, it makes me annoyed. Oyimbo has told you that's the new normal. When Africans had disease, we had Ebola. We kept it inside Africa. We didn't spread it all around the world. This was the have They have spread it around the world. Everybody is now suffering. We in Africa that we don't have social security. We are now suffering the, the, the kidney. It's not normal. It's the new abnormal. Now, you have hit one point that I really want to talk about. Are we going to look inwards now as Africans to look for uh, a solution to this pandemic in terms of medication? I would suggest we do. We must start to look at our own things. Let us start. It may not amount to anything, but I pray it does. But it is a step in the right direction. When both decided to lock down, then we Africans followed them. Because Oibo has locked down. But the, we are forgetting that our situation is totally different. Oibo, the lockdown, 
inside their code, they can I can understand because they, they even need to lock themselves inside the house because of their code. There are so many things you can do with these children. Farms, roads. There is no reason why the farms should not be producing food. Now, it is now that the farms should be producing so that we, are, we have excess food. We have a fertile land in this country. The way it is now, the whole world is locked down. The whole world is reversing. So it is the smartest of the nations that can take the lead now. We have brilliant minds in this country. Let's make the use of those brilliant minds. Let's not just follow Oyimbo way. Let us look inwards. So we need to find a way that our own economy will work for us and will make us an important player. Stay stay full and think positive. That's it on this episode of Now. I am Juliet Obata. <laughs>